everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am Brandon, and as always, I'm here with Paul. Yo, yo, what up, people? Another episode. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's get it. And uh, I'm actually not here with Paul, but I'm also not here with Dan. We're physically all in different locations. But Dan? Howdy. Nice and simple. Very nice. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Hi, everybody. There we there go. There you go. There There's go. the enthusiasm we're looking for. I was yeah. hoping someone would say, Hi, Dr. Nick. The reference Simpsons? No? Nobody. How come how come you got the, the goofiest references? Both of you guys be like, Oh yeah, blah blah blah. I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm a super nerd. I don't understand how you guys references. <laughs> and now you're gonna get me sidetracked on the Simpsons, so I'm not even gonna go into it because I feel yes. like this one might run a little bit today. Uh but we are watching uh, season 1, episode 24, This Side of Paradise. The original air date was March 1st, 1967. And uh, as always, we open with a shot of the Enterprise. It's approaching Omicron SETI 3. And uh, everybody's hanging out on the bridge, and Uhura tells Kirk that she's been transmitting a contact signal every five minutes, but there hasn't been any answer, which it seems like nobody ever ed- answers the Enterprise. Like they, They're just always you know, talking to space, and nobody ever answers them back. Leave that phone ringing. It's just the Enterprise. Leave it ringing. <laughs> They call her ID. It's <laughs> fucking Kirk again. Like, we don't need to meddle it on like over a, here. It's like a milk collector. It's like, not the Enterprise. Just let him go. <laughs> <laughs> They'll call back again later. <laughs> um, so Kirk, uh, he's talking to Spock, as he does every now and then. And uh, he says that there are over 150 men, women, and children on the colony where they're headed. And uh, he wants to know what their chances of survival are. And Spock says that there's absolutely no chance that they're alive down there. Uh, he says that uh, there's some uh, birth toll rays and uh, they're a recent discovery and that they don't have full knowledge of the nature, but they do know that living animal tissue disintegrates under exposure and uh, Sandoval's group have been there for three years. So they're just like throwing a lot of names and not names, but, you know, just a lot of info at us real quick. And uh, Kirk asks if they can afford to send some people down to the surface. And Spock says, yeah, they can risk some limited, limited exposure as a breakdown of tissue doesn't begin immediately, so they've they've got a little time. But it will help you lose weight, though. Yeah, over the course of uh, a couple of years, <laughs> it's just it'd be all skin and bones. Well, maybe just bones. <laughs> Mister Painter, the helmsman, informs Kirk that they've established an orbit around the planet and they've pinpointed a settlement. So Kirk says that he wants a landing party of five, and including McCoy and a biologist, to accompany him to the surface in ten minutes. And by the way. I, I immediately thought the biologist was going to be a female, but Me then too. I remembered what didn't Su, wasn't Sulu the biologist in that first uh, in the first yeah I thought he was a a botanist a, a bot oh, oh a botanist my bad or what's the so is that the same wheelhouse like botanist is plants only right I think it is yeah I, honestly I don't know I yeah, think so I, I think botanist I know I just when I heard biologist I thought Sulu and I was like oh I must have confused biologist and uh. The other one. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I don't. I don't know. I think they just call him the life sciences officer. So yeah, that would be he would be biology and botany, right? Yeah, I assume. This yeah, would have so. been a perfect episode for him to do more. Yeah, I, th- I thought as soon as I heard that, I thought about that. Well, uh, ten minutes later, I assume about ten minutes, they beam down to the surface of Ohio because apparently that's where they just. I mean, it's not Ohio, but it could be because every everywhere they go, it just looks like it's fucking Ohio. It's funny you say, I say that too. Cause it, it's r- truly true. Every time they go somewhere, when they went to that uh, uh, the pleasure planet with the imaginary yeah. stuff, it looks like Ohio too. Yep, they just they just keep going to Ohio. I don't know why. Well, Ohio's where uh, it's it just at. keeps pulling them in. They can't get away. Yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> 
I didn't mean to lie. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, they take a look. They take a look around, and they immediately notice uh, that there's some empty looking buildings and like an empty stable around. And uh, Kirk just kind of does this weird uh, monologue about how sad it is that people took a year to go to that planet and then they died. And then uh, some guy just like speaks up behind him, and he's like, "Oh, you know, we're we're not exactly dead. We're just kind of standing back here behind you." And uh, he welcomes them to Omicron City Three and introdu- introduces himself as Elias Sandoval. Then we get the show opening, and then we get the old captain's log. Just just explains that they didn't expect to find anybody alive, and that they were wrong. There are a bunch of people living there. They're wrong a lot. Every time they expect something to go one way, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, and uh, for some reason, I still don't expect it to be the opposite. I was like, <laughs> oh, they're gonna, you know, go down there, and everybody's gonna be dead. But of course, everybody's alive and fine, <laughs> and uh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> they get me every fucking time. So. uh Sandoval says that they haven't seen anybody outside of their own group in four years, and he explains that their subspace radio doesn't work and that they don't have anybody that knows anything about it, but they don't really give a shit. And he proposes a tour and just kind of, like, walks away. He doesn't even wait for them to agree. He's just like, oh, let's go on a tour, and just leaves. Well, then they hang back and, like, talk about it for a minute. Right, yeah. Uh, McCoy just is, is, like, talking to Kirk, and he's like, well, you know, my educated guest says that Sandoval is very much alive. And uh, I was like, well... I really hope that this because uh, I forgot that Paul read us the uh, the description last week, and I was like, man, it would be amazing if like all of these people were actually dead, but were controlled by like a parasite or something. Oh, that would have been oh, an awesome uh-huh. episode. So Spock remarks that the planet's being hit pretty hard by those Bertol rays, uh, but that they should be safe for about a week so they can you know chill and check everything out. But he's really concerned that the other people are alive. And then Sulu actually asked the question. He's like, well, are are you sure that they're not actually dead he's <laughs> like, like are they really alive and mccoy's just like yeah you know spock or kirk shook that guy's hand i want to say something right here that is one of the most amazing written lines ever to me at this moment like are you sure they're alive that is so cleverly put in there i was like when he said that i thought yeah that's a really good question yeah dude sulu's on top of it because like a lot of times in this show they have a habit of like doing like really cle- really super clever things and asking a question that is obvious, but you don't really think to ask it in the first place. And when he asked that, I thought, "Oh, that's a good question." Like it, it, it just it's not really profound when he said when it's really profound when he said it. It was a good question. This is one of those life authoring questions that like, "Are you sure you're alive? Like, am I alive? Are I really alive? Like, it's just one of those really weird questions that had me like that had me like really impressed by the way to write this show." I like to think that uh, Sulu's one of those people that just, like, spends his whole day daydreaming about the zombie apocalypse and him getting to use his gun collection. So he's just like, man, I really hope these guys aren't really alive. Like, I hope they're undead because I really get to use my collection and put that to work. You think I brought my revolver with me this time. I still want a Sulu <laughs> episode, man. Like, every time he's he does yeah. something to show and it's just an interesting character, I wish he gets his... Hopefully, eventually, he'll get an episode where it's just about him and his history and, and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, we fight. We need one for him. We need one for Ahura. And uh, at some point, I would like to see Janice again. <laughs> but apparently, she's just oh, yeah. not fucking there. Well, anymore. next time we yep. see her, she'll be having a baby. Yeah, nobody even talks about her either, though. That's the weird thing is that they do not mention her at all. Well, Kirk put a gag order on his uh, crew to not to speak about it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I notice is I haven't seen anybody pregnant on the ship yet. I'm curious how that works. Now, do you mention her? Maybe she's pregnant and she's gone. Like maybe she's pregnant and she's on uh, paternity leave, whatever, inside the uh, ship. I'm assuming they have pregnancies on there. 
You yeah, they just dump a waffle on another planet as they're passing by. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, realistically, though, they go to enough colonies and star bases that they kind of could. Like, hey, you know, you're pregnant. You know, once you get past a certain point, you're probably uh, better off not being on the ship. And uh, we're just going to leave you here so you can get the medical attention that you need. The funny thing about that is, though, a lot of the planets they go to are, they kind of look like they're almost based like 18th, 19th century. Yeah. So they're not advanced in technology. So you're going to be have a, having a rougher birth than you probably would be on the ship, so, I would guess. Someday I'll do an episode of all about how we think life would, uh, uh, living in a, a starship would be. Like yeah. all the all the random general questions that you know to real deep things like I don't know how you gonna date in there, get somebody pregnant in there. This random thing because now I'm curious about all this stuff now. How how Starship works, the inner workings work, and most of the crew never gets to leave the ship that we see anyway. So they're just on there for like months at a time. Yeah. Well, every time they get to go down with Kirk, a lot of them end up dead. So they probably yeah. don't want to lose <laughs> some the crazy ship. shit happens. Yeah, for, every fucking time. For some reason, I feel like the the inner workings would be more interesting than some of the trip trips to do, like to understand right. everything inside. I know. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, new Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, new, uh, new, uh, new, uh, <laughs> another <Star> one. <laughs> well, we already <laughs> have lower decks. Well, lower decks kind of covers that. Yeah. Yeah. Lower decks an- anime though. It's animated. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it like, animated. It's animated. But I'm saying it's it's animated though. I want to like the, I want like the like real life structure with like all the drama and the whatever goes on in there. I want it all. Man, you are just gonna saturate the market with Star Trek shows. Uh, yes, what well, they can do it with Star Wars. <laughs> so why can't I do it with Star Trek? Yeah. You're gonna have like an entire show of just like them training janitors, and then just, <laughs> just like it's like Star Trek janitor fleet or some shit. <laughs> like just every every possible oh, scenario. Dude, I'm just saying. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna take a Star Trek, but I'm gonna make it do it like Marvel, the MCU. <laughs> an entire series about that a guy that walks through a hallway and like his shoes untied and he trips over it just a whole fucking series leading up to that moment just everything you can do set it in the star trek universe yep doing it all i want it all yeah and he gets promoted to security guard yeah. oh, man. <laughs> and he doesn't look right and then gets killed <laughs> so uh so kirk you know he wants to know what's going on with and he just proposes that they just go get answers so they do follow sandoval and they go into this house, and Sandoval's explaining that they split the settlement into three groups to lessen the chance of them all being wiped out by disease, which is actually a pretty solid plan. Good for them. And then uh, a woman named Layla walks in, and she's the the settler's, uh, the colonist's botanist. And she steps forward and immediately takes notice of Spock. And I was like, fuck, I thought this was going to be a her and Kirk thing. And it's, uh, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, and they did that shot where she's obviously noting noticing somebody and i thought she was gonna have a history yeah. with kirk but no she's it's spock's turn now which is crazy they got the same type i'll put that too you got the same type as kirk. Yeah. <laughs> what, That's why what a friends. coincidence what a coincidence yep <laughs> you said a girl over there mr spock yes i do kirk captain <laughs> spock's over there like dibs <laughs> logically this one's mine <laughs> logically you have no chance against me yeah. <laughs> oh my god i'm trying to pick up girls oh my god I got so, this would be amazing no See? no we're not this it's not a show dude. god damn it it's not a show yes it is <laughs> yes it is See, it's Bob, See, Bob trying to pick up chicks is a show in itself <laughs> just all of his logic and all of like the failed shit that he would say mm-hmm. just because like the logic fucks everything up She's like, oh, Spock, tell me I'm beautiful. And he's like, well, logically, you know, compared to the average woman, 
<laughs> I gotta stop. Okay. Oh my god, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Ooh, take a deep breath. So if he speaks dirty to her, is he gonna literally speak about dirt? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Dating advice from Spock. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Logic. Oh no. Oh, yes, it's a great show. Wait, we got we got there early. Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Sandoval introduces everybody and. Layla says that she and Spock have met before, and uh, Kirk is like, all right, look, I don't have time for this shit because it doesn't involve me, so we got some examinations and tests <laughs> to do, and Sandoval's just like, all right, go ahead and do those. He says that they live a, a simple, peaceful life with a few machines and no vehicles and no weapons, so Kirk's like, fuck yeah, I guess I like I have a phaser, so this is my planet now. He's, he's automatically the most powerful person on the planet. Yeah, you go there with just like one weapon, and then it's yours. <laughs> not hard to conquer no not at all oh my gosh but uh we go outside and sulu and a crewman who never gets a name like they they went down with five people we knew what three of them and then there were two crewmen one was Desal, and then the other guy just never gets a name and this is the unnamed crewman but uh they're looking around and, and sulu rests uh on a, a post by some flowers which also weird time to bring this up but even if they had his name i wouldn't have caught it because i still had no fucking english subtitles so I don't know what's going on with this more show. More German? Yeah, this shit needs to stop. It's so hard to get the names of some of these things when I can't read them. But anyway, the crewman opens a barn and he finds out that there are no cows in there. And Sulu's like, well, I want to see that there's no cows. So he gets down to look. And uh, when he does, the flower he was sitting by turns and like follows him. But he doesn't notice it. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's no cows in here. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, man, I, right. haven't, I haven't seen any animals at all. Like, it is just an empty barn. How weird. And uh, so we jump to Sandoval and Layla and they're talking about her relationship with Spock. And she says that she knows him from Earth six years ago and that Spock never expressed feelings for her because he has no feelings to give. Big surprise. And uh, he asks her if she wants Spock to stay with him. And she's like, well, he really has no choice. And now it just sounds like they're going to kidnap him. I thought the same thing. So McCoy is uh, he's running around. He's doing some tests on people with his tricorder. And he says that he's. Uh, examine nine men so far and that they're all in perfect condition and he's talking to Kirk about this and then Kirk gets a, a communicator call from Spock who tells him that the planet seems to be devoid of life aside from the colonists and some various plants and uh, Kirk notes that Sulu noticed the same thing and Spock's like well I really don't have a theory about this yet so Kirk just fucking hangs up on him he's like yeah you know I'm trying to figure this out and Kirk's like boring and just fucking hangs up like call me back when you know something yeah yeah exactly like you're supposed to know everything so McCoy notes how strange it is, and uh, Coy, or Kirk says that their records show that they did have some animals for breeding and for food purposes when they got there. So McCoy is like, hey, I want to see, you know, I'd love to get my hands on the medical records for the expedition. And Kirk is like, oh, here they are. Which first, like, why wouldn't he have seen the records before they went to the planet? And why the fuck does Kirk have them? And why didn't he hand them over before that? Oh, very good questions. I thought their medical records are on the planet, though. Like, is, is it the ones that Starfleet has or the ones that they've been recording on the planet while they've been living there? Well, I would assume Starfleet it would have. It would have been before they went to the planet. No, I, yeah. no but, yeah, but I'm saying I assume he had Starfleet's re- medical records already. I thought he was asking for the medical rec- records they've been keeping on the planet but because they haven't had communication, remember? But they haven't been keeping medical records. Oh, have they not? I don't know. That's what Oh, no, yeah, okay. no, they're all perfectly healthy and they're happy and they, they haven't time been doing a shit. whole lot of anything, honestly. Okay, yeah. see, I was a little confused about that. I was a little confused how that went. I, I must get confused by the wording. And then the thing that Kirk hands him uh, just looks like a, 
like a mashed up fruit roll up. Like I don't know how the foot, like a fruit by the foot. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be this disc, but it just had a really weird texture to it. I didn't. I didn't even look at it. Yeah, it was really weird texture. Um, so Sandoval walks in and he's like, "Why don't you guys come look at my fields and my crops?" And McCoy says, "Nah, I got shit to do. I got. I got to do more tests." So Sandoval and Kirk go outside, and Sandoval is explaining that their soil is perfect for farming. And then a crewman approaches and uh, explains that they have. They're like, "Hey, they have. A, they're growing a bunch of different stuff here, but they don't really grow a lot. Like they don't have a lot of acreage planted." And he says that they have enough food to sustain the colony, but really not much more. And uh, Kirk then gets a call from McCoy, who's like, "Hey, you know, I know, I understand you were just in here 25 seconds ago, but I need you to come back in here and look at something." So he does. And McCoy explains that Sandoval's medical records from before they went to the planet show that he had uh, scar tissue on his lungs from the pneumonia that he had as a child. And uh, he says that Sandoval's readings now show perfect, just like everybody else on the planet. And then he, uh, Kirk asks if it's an equipment malfunction, and McCoy's like, no, I, I used it on myself, and it uh, it was supposed to show that, uh, what, I don't remember, I didn't take the notes of it, whether he was, like, missing his tonsils, and it's that it was showing yeah, that, it was like, tonsils. A, tonsils and two crack ribs, if I remember right, top of my head. Yeah, and it was showing that he was, uh, per- like, his medical condition was absolutely perfect. But, or it, it showed no, sorry, it showed his issues. Like it showed that he was missing his tonsils and his two cracked ribs, but it did not show Sandoval's lungs being messed up, and that it also recorded that Sandoval had a healthy appendix, even though it had been removed. Which was weird. He must be an iguana. Yeah, he just regrows all that shit. You think that would hurt? The regrowing? Yeah. I don't know. Like inside parts? I don't think so. I, I, I'm curious. I don't know sure. So outside hmm. uh Spock is scanning a field with uh, Layla, and uh, he's, he can't even find any insects on the planet. And she says that she can explain it to him later, and Spock's just like, <laughs> he says, I've never understood the female capacity to avoid a direct answer to any question. I'm like, same, bro. Like, I don't I don't get it either. Bro. Right. <laughs> I wrote that whole quote down, I swear to God, and I'm going to put it in, on my wall somewhere. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> it's like every episode, Spock says something profound profound and i like the writers for doing that somehow he says something that's just so deep logically that if you don't if you don't listen closely and read it you're like wow you know i, I really like i love his character i love the way he writes his character so much and apparently women have not changed much from our time until the future when it comes to uh <laughs> being indecisive you know, don't, don't get us canceled sir <laughs> don't get us canceled okay? that's what i think is hilarious about this is like spot can find a logical answer for anything but then somebody's like you know, hey Spock, can you help me figure out women? And he's like, "Fucking women, dude! Like, I, can't, I can't do it." He's <laughs> like, "They're not logical at all." Like, like even Spock, I don't, I don't understand. It's like for everything but that. That's funny. Uh, I like the way you put that. Such a solid. Ladies, thing. we love you. If you're if your fan, we love you. Do not leave our show. Dan, does speak for all of us. <laughs> it's all in good I fun. Think you guys are amazing. <laughs> Come, bring your friends, please. We we like viewers. We like listeners. Come. It's it's all in good fun. Uh, uh, that it is so Layla then says that she's never understood him until now and she approaches him and puts her hand on uh, his chest and and talks about how he never lets anybody get to know him and so he just kind of like steps away and says that he wants to know how the people survive on that planet when logically they should be dead she's like okay uh, I'm gonna I'll show you you know I'll let you know what's going on Uh, but she wants him to try to understand how they feel about their lives there and he says that emotions are alien to him and he's a scientist 
she says that others may believe that he, you know, believe that about him, but that she doesn't. And then uh, she directs him to follow her. And when they leave, she she tries to grab his hand, but he just fucking pulls it away. He's like, ew, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Uh, seeing Spock uncomfortable around a woman was so cool. But I, I can't say cool as much as it was, like, inter- interesting. Like, you never see him uncomfortable, which is, like, really, really uh, good character arc for him, too. Like, he's like, oh, I thought he was awkward before in life. He's, but he's truly awkward around this woman. Because he don't fucking understand him. Yeah, he just well, he can't. Uh, it, it, well, no, it's not, no, I think he, don't, he can't understand himself. Or, like, I think he knows he cares about her. So, like, it makes him awkward around her because he cares about her, but he doesn't really display that he cares. Yeah. It's just, it's just really cool. I like it. I think it's funny he's playing hard to get without intentionally playing hard to get. Yeah, he's he's playing the game yeah. without knowing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that good way of putting it. So we go back to the house, and Kirk tells Sandoval that he has orders from Starfleet to evacuate all personnel from the colony within the hour, and tells him to get his people ready and that they have accommodations on the Enterprise for them. And Sandoval just says no, <laughs> just just no. Are we good? Yeah, he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm all right. Nah. Yeah. I'm good, man. We got we got food here. I got my spores here. I got my my life here. Yeah. Uh, we we chilling. We, we, I'm I'm good. We we have vegetables. Yeah. You see, this is Kurt once again trying to come in and stop on somebody's way of life. <laughs> I knew in, we were gonna get there oh, eventually. Yeah, I knew it. We live we we we're here living good. We living on spores. <laughs> we living off we living off one apple a day, having the time of our life, healthy. <laughs> we're breathing well. Our skin's good. We're regrowing our, our, our fucking body corrected. parts. Yeah, we're going to body parts. We living forever over here, and you want to come ruin it with your what? I don't even know what. I can't live here for free. Like I don't want. Like really talk. Let's 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 break it down for one second. I don't want to get too crazy here. What are they doing wrong? They're uh, en- enjoying enjoying their lives, and that's not allowed. The people on the planet. The Federation says yeah, no. Like, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what are they doing? Does the Federation come move them? Like they're there now. They're hang- they're they're alive. That you don't doing their thing. What about them? Makes them want to leave this planet like i don't get why they want to leave realistically i think that the issue is that they are they're on a mission to colonize the planet and they're just simply not they're like not doing any of the work so they're basically not doing their jobs but uh other, okay. other than that and no yeah said, fuck it but the, if they had said hey you guys are here you're not accomplishing a mission you have to go back that would make sense they never say nothing like well, that. well not to uh not to jump too far ahead, but towards the end of the episode, the guy, uh, Sandoval here, does, like, lament that they've been there for three years and haven't done shit. Yeah, 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 I know that. I, I do, I do, I get that. I just, but that, but he brings it up. Not, that's not why the Federation wants them to come home, though. Well, they never, they they never explains explains why the Federation, yeah. Kirk never explains why the Federation is ordering him back. He's just following orders from what he was told to do. And he may, he probably yeah, wasn't same. even told why they wanted him back. He was probably just told to get them fucking people back here. Yeah. Yeah, need to know. Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. They just get him back here, okay? But yeah. I just it's interesting. Yep. Um. So McCoy argues about the Bertol rays, and Sandoval argues he's like, "Ah, we're fine. Like we we don't have to worry about this. We haven't had anybody die at all." So Kirk asks about the animals, and Sandoval just says that they're vegetarians. <laughs> so that doesn't Which really. I already it hate today. this planet because <laughs> nope, I would not live there. <laughs> you don't want to live in that planet. Hell, no, no meat. Have no, you had a hamburger? It, it doesn't matter no, though. Under, no, the, no, under the circumstances, a, you'd be perfectly happy. Uh, let's put a nah. uh, in this conversation because this is the end of uh, this is like the closing argument rant thing. I don't, I don't want, I don't, don't want to get into my closing argument this early into the show. Okay, all right, all right. 
So uh, Kirk again asks Sandoval about the the animals and all that shit, and and Sandoval is just like, I'm not answering that, and uh, and we're not going anywhere. Kirk's like, you know, I have a gun, right? Yeah, but actually, he did. I don't think he brought one with him, but he he could easily get one. He could just have one beam down, or just go beam back up down. there and get one. Yeah. So we go back to Spock and Layla, and they're on their way to uh, so she can show Spock, you know, what she wanted to show him, and uh, he just. He just wants to know about it. He's like, what the fuck are you showing me here, lady? And she's like, oh, it's not really important. But what is important is that it gives peace and love. And he's like, is it pot? Like, are you guys growing pot here? <laughs> Man, that's the weirdest pot plant, plant I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Spock says that it sounds like a, a happiness pill and that as a scientist, uh, she should know that that's not possible. And as they're talking, uh, they approach uh, some of those flowers and one of them just fucking spits all over him. And he starts holding his head yeah. in pain. I'm like, that flower just gave him a facial. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you can tell that they really enjoyed uh, like making and using that because they just fucking kept doing it in this episode. They're like, that thing is really fun to use. <laughs> just fucking like spitting yeah. shit everywhere. It's almost like confetti. Yeah. Like they made a confetti blower over and over and over again kept using it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, he drops to the ground and he's holding his head in pain and Layla starts to get concerned, and and she says that, hey, this whole thing shouldn't hurt because uh, it didn't hurt anybody else. And he says that he's not like everybody else, but he is eventually overcome by the effects of the plant. And then uh, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life is he tells Layla that he loves her, and then they, they start kissing, and we go to a commercial break. <laughs> I didn't expect that to see that with Spock. I mean, maybe eventually, but not now. Yeah, Spock with emotions. No, I don't think he says he loves her. He says, I can love you. Oh, does he? I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought he said I love you. Did he That's say I, I can't too. love said, you? I, I I know he said I I think he said I love you. I can love you. Or she says I love you, and he says I I swear he says I can love you. And I wrote that. I said I wrote that down. I don't. Know, I'm not gonna go back and check, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely I definitely wrote that down. He said I can love you, not I love you. Huh. Well, either way, they're they're sucking face after this, and then the fucking plants yeah. are just watching. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, is what we want. They don't spit again. <laughs> so uh we come back from the commercial break and you know Kirk Captain's log situation and he and Sandoval are still arguing about the evacuation order and Sandoval is still not budging on it. So Sulu Sulu and the other crewmen he was with they approach and uh Kirk tells him about the evacuation orders and asks where Spock and DeSalle are and Sulu hasn't seen them. So Kirk tries to give him a call with no luck. And we cut to Spock and Layla, and he's just, like, laying on her lap. And uh, they're looking at some clouds, and he says that one of the clouds looks like a dragon. And he's like, you know, I've actually seen a dragon on, uh, uh, it's like, Berengaria 7. And he's like, but I never stopped to look at clouds or rainbows before. I want to go, I want them to go to that planet now, because I want to see some motherfucking dragon. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yep. You can tell Spock is uh, high on his memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's lifted. <laughs> he also somehow changed into like a dark green jumpsuit. Like, was she just oh, the, keeping the, that the around? Change? Yeah. I do, am I the I'm the guy I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, he just he's wearing a dark green jumpsuit. Like they just had one laying around for when he got converted. Oh, see, I saw. Now that you mentioned it, I'm looking to see it, but I didn't even notice it before. When I when I saw that, I just assumed video game logic. Yeah. Oh, you just changed clothes real quick. It she just, just had a magically there with her. Like, oh, hey, I got this suit for you. Yep. Where were you yeah. hiding that? She had it in her back pocket, in her inventory, like right in the back pocket the whole time. 
That's cool. I never, even, I didn't even notice that until you brought it up. Yeah. So, uh, so during all this, his communicator is just ringing, just fucking ringing and ringing, and he just keeps ignoring it. And uh, Layla eventually picks it up, and she's, she asks Kirk, she's like, "What do you want?" And, uh, yo, yo, who it is? Yeah. And uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like, "Where the fuck is Spock?" And uh, he's like, where, "You know, where are you guys at?" And Spock says that he doesn't want to tell Kirk where he is. So. Uh, Kirk tells him about the evacuation order and tells him to report back in 10 minutes. And Spock just says, no, I don't think so. And Kirk says, no, I don't think so. What? And Spock goes, I don't think so, sir. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Fucking solid. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, It's really like, it was stupid good. Just coming from Spock made it that much better. Talk about good writing right here. Yeah. Just coming from Spock made it that much, much better for me. Yeah. I don't think so, sir. <laughs> and Kirk doesn't, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with this. So yeah, uh, he's confused. He just tells him to report back immediately. But uh, Spock and Layla don't hear that because they're busy making out and uh, they drop the communicator because they were using their hands for other things. Yeah. So uh, Kirk and McCoy are, are talking about this and, and they joke about how McCoy said, Kirk's like, hey, you know, you always said you would like it if Spock mellowed out a little. And uh, then they're just like, well, Maybe he's at, he actually might be in trouble, so we should probably go investigate it. And actually, this is one of the first instances of this show where I feel like this conversation was ad-libbed. It may not have been, but like it doesn't feel scripted. Like It feels like they were just having fun yeah. here and decided to keep it. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that down, too, uh, something like that, too. I like the, how uh, Bones was concerned for him. It, it's so clever. Like he makes fun of him all the time for being that way, but as soon as he wasn't his normal, way, he was like, "Yeah, something's wrong with him." Like he's not acting like his normal self. Like he's he sounds concerned for once. Yeah, that was uh, that. It kind of builds their whole uh, bones and Spock's friendship because they have that kind of friendship where they all they do is pick on each other the whole time. You know, kind of bo- like nag back and forth and, and uh, without being so, so you know without being so crazy about it. But it just I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, liked the I just thing. like how they start out joking like, "Well, you always said it, he should mellow out a bit." And they're like, "Ha ha!" And then McCoy's just yeah. like. Uh, he might actually be in trouble. We should go. <laughs> Let's stop fucking around and go, go find out. Yeah. 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 So uh, McCoy is left in charge of the landing party detail while Kirk uses Spock's communicator to track him down. And then a little bit later, uh, Kirk and Sulu and unnamed crewmen are looking for Spock and they find him just laughing and hanging from a fucking tree, <laughs> just hanging upside down from a tree ranch. And uh, we cut back to McCoy and the others as they're preparing to leave. And DeSalle brings a couple of the big flowers to McCoy. And he's like, check these out, dude. These are really interesting. Like, <laughs> he just finds some fucking big ass flowers and just fucking like snatches them up out of the ground. He's like, hey, bro, you got to check these fucking things out. Like, they couldn't just go there it's and look weird. at them. It's also weird. Like, they carry them around and the roots are in the bag. I understand yeah. that. But I just, it's awkward. It's awkward design of a, of a sport, of a, of, what am I looking for? Awkward design of a prop. I'm sorry. Yeah. That like that's good for the show, but it was awkwardly designed. Like so, you can't carry it around. Like it should, I think it should have been something maybe smaller or a flower pot, something that was more right. You know, able to able to be like, oh, oh, that check it out, and then they squirt it. You know, squirt it. Wow, try the spores. You know. <laughs> I wonder how long those things can survive in those little bags too. Not that it's important, but I only ask that because like one time. Uh, they were the place I used to work. They were doing some maintenance around a building and they tore out a bunch of, uh, hostas and, uh, they let us take them home. And so I gave my mom like five of them in a trash bag and they sat in her garage for two years. And then she finally opened them up. She's like, shit, I should get those out of there. They were still alive and fine. And she replanted them and they're still doing just fine. Wow. 
yeah, those things are hardy as fuck. And also, like, I'm not sure if it's the design thing or it looks look like a bag. I'm sorry, but the bottom has like these green. A couple has like these green. Uh, it's almost like Brillo pads or whatever in a way at the bottom of the prop design. I'm not sure if that's supposed yeah. to be the roots or is that like the uh, the nurturing. I'm, I'm gonna get way too deep. Or that like what food where it's supposed to be fed at. I'm just once again. I'm the overthinker here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I overthink. Really everything. going in on this flower prop. Yeah, I just it just it really it was really poorly designed. <laughs> For for a show that really has really good designs about everything, I thought that was really poorly designed. They were weird. They were kind of like looked like they had no weight, like they were made out of foam. Yeah, like yeah, just very very awkward. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so Kirk and the others they go and approach Spock and Leela, and, and Spock's just hanging from that tree, and, and Kirk's like, "Are you out of your mind?" And uh, he's like, "You were ordered to report to me at once." And Spock goes, "Well, I didn't want to," <laughs> which I guess is good a reason as any just to not do something. Kirk's like, what's with all these people telling me no? Yeah, he can't handle it, dude. His fucking ego. He's like, I'm the captain, damn it. So Kirk wants Spock and Layla to go back with him to prepare to leave. And Spock says, that, he says, no, there will be no evacuation. And uh, he says, tells Kirk that uh, he should go with them to get him straightened out. So uh, Kirk places Spock under arrest. And Spock's just like, nah. And he just casually walks away like it leads them to the flowers. So they all approach, and then the the flowers spray their spores, and and Sulu and the other crewmen uh, get them all over them. And uh, at this point, I'm like, man, Sulu has to be getting real sick of this mind altering shit that keeps happening to him. Because <laughs> anytime anybody's like, I, yeah. getting I fucked think he, with something, I think he likes it. He's he's really just out there experimenting with crazy drugs. That's all. That's all he wants. <laughs> I do that's have a note a I wrote down that um did you, did you mention I forgot to mention you know you said uh, when uh, Spock was hanging on the tree and Kirk came talk yep. to him you guys didn't realize he called him Jim yes yeah I was gonna make note of that and then I was like eh I, no I, I put it in a note because I, I caught it he never called he, he never called him Jim so I like I was like Jim I was like oh I, and I wrote down my not, I just want to click I, I want to say that I noticed that just so we like I put it in my notes I, I forgot yeah I, 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 I heard I it I and I was like it I don't remember if he's ever called him that. I know Bones has. I think it's been all McCoy, so. Yeah, yeah Bones calls him Jim always. Yeah. No, nine times out of ten calls him Jim. Yeah. I think Spock would only logically call him by the proper title. Right. Yeah, I think he always calls him Captain, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. As far as I remember, he always called him Captain. So when he said I, I, when he said Jim, I really noticed. Man, I can't talk to them. I have an issue. Man. I'm stuttering <laughs> real bad. So, um, mm. so Sulu, uh, just immediately is like, Hey Spock, I'm on your side now. And, and Kirk starts to get pissed off and just says that they're all going to go back with him to the ship. And then, uh, they, they leave and Kirk approaches McCoy who is under the effects of the the plant now. And, uh, McCoy's like, yeah, we've beamed up, you know, about a hundred of these things to the ship. And for some reason he has like a fucking country bumpkin, like Southern accent now. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. He's like, he's I, I didn't relaxed. get that. Either. I didn't get that. He's like, I do declare we either. have beamed up about a hundred of these here plants. <laughs> yeah, but, but the yeah, but the bigger issue here once again is Superman Kirk didn't get affected by the spores. No, and hold on, hold on, Paul. I want to, I want to, I want to correct you on that. That's not Superman. That's Batman. Oh yeah, I just Super, like he's, Superman would get affected by the spores. Batman wouldn't. He's standing right next to both those dudes that got, and and he just didn't get hit at all. He's immune. Well, I actually I went back because I was curious about that too, and I watched it, and he had like one of them land on his shirt, but they did pretty much all miss him in that instance. Well, I, I think the I think the reason why it doesn't affect him, and I know we're I'm going to jump ahead, is because 
he was in an altered state of already being mad. So it couldn't affect him. Yeah, he was already pissed off at the spot. You know what? Okay, you know what, Dan? I, I'm gonna give. I can give that one to you. I, I, I maybe I, maybe I can give that to you. I mean, I think you're thinking you're overthinking it this time. I feel like you're overthinking it, but you know what? I'm gonna accept <laughs> that because it's something I can accept. Well, yeah, you, you imagine like you know people are telling him no. Spock is acting weird, like calling him Jim. Like he's yeah, probably I mean, pretty pissed. Just not he's, really. He's not it. the one getting the lady. That's what really topped it off. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and you, you call me Jim and you got the girl? Oh, we, uh, okay, it's like that now, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's just having a fucking terrible time on this planet. But he does get beamed up to the Enterprise and he finds that Uhura is also under the effects of the plants. And uh, he tries to get her to put through a message to Starfleet Admiral for him, but she says that she sh- uh, short-circuited all but the ship's uh, ship-to-surface communications. Damn, I had to really try not to trip over all of those ones. All that asses. So uh, he sees one of the plants on the bridge, and he just he gets pissed off, and he picks it up and like <laughs> hurls it, it across the room. <laughs> and, it, and what was funny about it was like we already talked about how they look like they're made out of foam, so there's like no weight to them. And he Yo. tries to chuck this thing, and it just kind of floats across the room. Yeah, <laughs> it was like stupid it, it, as fuck. It was awkward. It was, it was awkward design. I think it said really awkward. Uh, so, uh, so he goes out in the corridor and. He finds a line of crew members outside the transporter room and he orders them to all go back to their stations. But one of them says that they're all going to go down and join the colony. And he's like, you need to get back to your stations right now. And the guy just tells him no. And Kirk's like, okay, well, like, this is a mutiny. And the other guy's like, yes, it is. So, (laughs) so, so, uh, (laughs) Kirk's like, what the fuck? Everybody lost their fucking minds out here. And uh, we get a commercial from there, and we go get a captain's log again, and, and this one, he's just kind of wondering why he hasn't been affected by the plants yet. So uh, he's talking to McCoy over the communicator, and McCoy explains that he's not interested in any physical, uh, psychological aspects because everybody is happy and they're healthy, and so he doesn't really give a shit why. So Kirk just asks him, pleading for any sort of help to figure out what's going on and, and Bones just refuses and then hangs up on him so he gets a little taste of his own medicine. <laughs> He's like, so that's what I've been doing this whole time to everyone. <laughs> yeah, this feels like shit. So uh, Spock and Sandoval are having a conversation when Kirk walks in and he wants to know where McCoy is. And Sandoval offers Kirk to join them in paradise, which was a really weird thing to say. And uh, he just Kirk just wants to know like where the fuck the plants came from and like just basically what's going on. And Spock, even though he's super happy, is still super logical and explains that the plants drifted through space until they landed on the planet and that they thrive on the Bertol rays. And he explains that in exchange for using a human body to house their spores, they give the host complete health and peace of mind. Well, before we continue, what a bullshit answer. How do you know they came from space? Like, (laughs) they have not evolved on the planet itself. Yeah, I just I tried not to to question it. <laughs> like it's plants from space. Like, all right, <laughs> weirder things have happened. Like that's that's true. So okay. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a a big of a thing. Honestly, I just assumed that he this would kind of study and learn, and so I was therefore into this area. Yeah, it's just kind of a I don't know. It's just like a throwaway explanation. This just. Kind of like, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's not important enough. Like, honestly, who gives a fuck where they came from? They could have just been there the entire time the colony was there. Like, who cares? They could be native to that 
planet. Plus, Box said it, and uh, we just go with what he says and move on. Yeah, yeah, he's always right anyway. Yeah, he said it like, oh, yeah, he said it. Let's move on. Yeah. So uh, Kirk just tries to convince them that man wasn't made for the peaceful, easy life and that they have to have challenges, and, and Spock and Sandoval disagree, so Kirk goes back up to the ship. And then he uh, walks around the empty bridge and just is like looking at all the equipment. And I was like, how the fuck has the ship not crashed with no crew right now? Because he's like the only person on the ship. And uh, he tries to contact anyone. So like he gets on the uh, intercom system and tries to contact anybody that he can, but he doesn't get an answer. And he decides to make a captain's log explaining the events of everything that have happened so far. And he and then explains that the ship can maintain orbit for several months because it's on like an autopilot. So that's why it hasn't crashed twice now. This episode has immediately answered the questions that I've had. Uh, but he does go on to say that he can't pilot it alone. Really quick. Uh, I wanted to point out that the planet looked really awesome. And did you guys notice the northern lights on the planet? I did not see that. No, but I did see that the planet does look really good. I wonder if that's like the uh, the Bertolt rays effect. Oh, mm. I didn't, yeah, that that could be. Uh, I bet it is. Okay, I can accept that. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet that's what it is because they probably got the idea from the Borealis, whatever it's called. Yeah, the, the Northern Lights, oh, the Aurora Borealis. Borealis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all can say Localized it, yeah. entirely the, uh, in your yeah. kitchen in this time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Dan. There's your Simpsons <laughs> reference. Yep. <laughs> can I see? I'm going to. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to assume they got inspired by that and kind of use that for this. Yeah, or I mean, or it was just their Northern Lights. I don't fucking know. I I don't want to say this whole scene right here is about to be like this whole scene with uh, Kurt inside the um, bridge by himself was very daunting in a way. Yeah. You didn't realize how how, empty, how many people are in there until it's him by himself. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess it normally is a lot of people on the screen. I just don't pay that much attention to them because there's always somebody in the background. But he, he sits there has a look on his face like it's just – Look at the face like he's just like, wow, like it's really empty. In yeah, here. it kind of had the feeling you know, it's like just, it's the end of the series and he's taking his last walk through the ship before it gets like decommissioned or something. Y- yeah, yeah, it was very, very, very cool. Very, very good idea. They do, like I said, these shows were clever. I thought it was really, really cool to see that for the first time and just kind of see the background and see Kurt in a, in a place where he's like lost for a second. He's lost because he don't have a crew, which is funny because like – He's always like strong. He seems like he'll be stronger with more people. He has to, to the harder the situation is, the stronger he seems to get. But in this one, the harder the situation is, he just doesn't know what to do. Right. Like he's lost without a crew. Yeah, you I, see him, he, like you see him go to the to the other seat, the seat and start the helmsman spot and start pressing buttons. Yeah. You know, and then like it's just I don't know. It's really it's really clever. You know, and I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. No, yeah, I, it's really I, well I done. feel like this is the most uh, helpless he's probably been so far. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, that's a good way of putting it. Helpless. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, he is just uh, kind of walking around the bridge and he's talking to himself and he, he starts to realize how big this ship really is when it's empty. And uh, he says he doesn't know how to get his crew back because he doesn't have anything to offer against Paradise. And that that's what my notes here says that like it's, it's really weird to see him kind of just giving up on this. Like Kirk is, you know, this whole series he's been... You know, we can do this. We got this. And now he's just like, oh, this is kind of a hopeless situation for me. But but the, but but the situation is, this isn't a we situation, though. This is an I situation. Right. Normally, normally, it's we got this. He has his team to rely on in their positions. This time, he's all by himself. Yeah. That's the the bigger thing. It's like the first time he's by himself, it's just him. He's like, oh, I, I, need, I actually need somebody's help this time. And I got nobody around. So really, really right. good. 
So uh, while he's sitting here, like, having a moment for himself, one of the flowers is just like, hey, fuck you, and just, like, spits the spores <laughs> on him. Them again. <laughs> the, the one he threw across the room yeah. earlier. That's the one he threw across the room. So if I can teach you to throw me, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got something for you. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, he gets the spores all over him, and he calls Spock, and he's like, hey, I've joined you, and I understand now. And uh, he says he has to go pack some things and get ready to beam down to the planet. And then on the way out, like, he's packing up his stuff, and he stops and he takes a look at a, a medal that he has hidden away. And I don't know what the uh, significance of that is because they didn't yeah, say what it was. Yeah, I they touch he's, upon that now since they put it out there. Yeah, he's just like, here's when I won the Captain of the Year award two years ago or some shit. I don't fucking, like, they just, it just doesn't say anything. It, it, he got a medal for no one dying for uh, a quarter. You know what? I think that's actually uh, when he had a ladder match against Kurt Angle and they put the 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 Olympic gold medal up on the ladder <laughs> instead of the title. So he won that. Yeah. He's kept it locked away. But Superman Kurt, you know, he, he, he wins all fights. So he beat him down quick. Yeah. I remember that. I, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. He's doing the enterprise up from the top. Row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure they had like, they had that fight at no mercy or something. I don't, I'm, I think so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he goes to the transporter room, and before he can beam himself down, he he gets really pissed off, and he snaps himself out of his daze, and he says that uh, what he needed the whole time was anger. Like, dude, you've been pissed off this entire episode. So, well, I guess though, to Dan's credit, earlier he was like feeling kind of down when the plant got him. So, like he was kind of like depressed, so, like he, he was feeling defeated, and then uh, that's when the spores took over, and then when he got pissed off. You know, he snapped out of it, which means that I would never fall under the effects of these plants because I am just pissed off every fucking second of every day. Are you the Hulk? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Always angry. I'm always angry. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what people go. Why doesn't that make you mad? Because I'm always fucking mad. I'm always mad. Then you do the I'm Hulk pissed Hulk off right now. Shirt and it's really weird at work. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. He starts another captain's log and he's saying he thinks he found the answer to this problem, but that it's a risk because Spock is incredibly strong and he don't want to fuck with that. So he calls Spock up and asks him to beam up to help with some equipment that he wants to bring down because once they go down, they won't be able to get back up to the ship. And then I was like, first of all, I hadn't even considered that. So good thing he caught that in time. But secondly, how the fuck did he get back up there just a few minutes ago? I wondered that also earlier in the episode. Yeah, he was up on the ship with the... uh-huh. You know, when he threw the plant and he was all pissed off and everybody else was gone. And then he beams down mm-hmm. to talk to Sandoval for like 35 seconds and then he comes back up all depressed. Wait, does he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they made, a, they must have made a mistake. I didn't catch that. I mean, maybe there were enough people still there, like lined up, ready to go, like still beaming people down. I'm I'm guessing. Like, maybe he happened to get there before everybody had left, but if not, how the fuck did he get back up there? Yeah. I, I could accept that, because it's That's a pretty big ship, and there's a, a lot of people on there. Yeah. You do realize this whole plot is reused, right? From the pilot. Is it? When, uh, when uh, yeah, when Captain Pike, the bad guys, they couldn't read his anger. You remember that? Uh, the, little, the guy with the funny-shaped heads? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they did the, the, the anger aspect, head. yeah. Yeah, the the yeah, like the whole emotions being able to uh, not being read, so they're more able to attack. I noticed that immediately when he said that. I was like, "Oh, it's the same as a pilot, where they took the like your emotions, you're able to you're able to break, beat whatever the bad situation is." Yeah, as a human. So, uh, 
So then we get one of my favorite scenes in the series so far. And that's uh, Spock come, beams up and Kirk's just chilling there with a fucking pipe and just uh, starts insulting <laughs> the shit out of him. Like, dude, he is just hurling yeah. insults at Spock. And, like, he's just hitting him on everything. Like, calls him a fucking computer. and uh, Half-breed. Yeah, half-breed. He starts talking about Spock's father. Devil yeah. here, free. Yeah, he devil, yeah. He must, he must ask Did he call him an elf at one point? Yeah. Yeah, and he tells him, can, he tells Spock that... uh. He's uh, he's a traitor from a planet of traitors. Or he, like traitors, he says, that, well, at yep. first he starts insulting Spock's father, saying that his father is uh, from a planet of traitors, and that then he tells Spock that he's a traitor from a race of traitors. <laughs> and uh, Spock <laughs> is like, dude, you're you're starting to make me mad here. Like, don't don't fucking keep this up. Oh, okay, that's what you want. Keep keep talking. Keep talking. So uh, yeah, and then he like he starts talking like talking shit about him being a computer and like how's he gonna be with Layla and all that. Like he. It, like should be replaced with circuitry or some shit. Like just fucking laying into him. <laughs> he said, "Uh, he, he said, he said you got the gall to think you make love to that girl." I was like, "Oh, knock him out now!" <laughs> like, he kept going. So then we get a really good measure of Spock's strength because he attacks Kirk, and Kirk tries to block with a pipe, and he fucking splits that pipe in half with just his bare hand, and then yeah. backhands him across the room. So Spock is one strong motherfucker. So they uh, they have a quick fight with Spock. Just you know winning the entire thing like kirk doesn't stand a fucking chance and uh he knocks kirk down and picks up a chair and he holds it up over his head and he's about to smash him with and then smash him with the chair and then we go to a commercial break so we get that uh you know that suspense there but we come back after the break uh hold on before we go away for that break that fight that you uh, that scene you like so that fight was terrible to me and it was because I, the stunt guys were so obvious not them see again i didn't even pay like, attention it was re- Dude, yeah, I'm I, that guy. I, I didn't notice that. either. It's, it's really bad. Like it's, it, it's, it's truly bad. And I get, but the thing was, the fight wasn't even that physical. So why did he even have to replace him with the stuntman? I don't get that. Uh, probably for insurance purposes or something. And like, people get hurt it doing the dumbest okay, shit. Even even when Spot came down with that little fake pipe thing, that guy was a stunt guy. That wasn't Kurt. Huh? Yeah, maybe they just yeah, didn't want to take any chances. Like, like even when he came down, the first punch of that fake punch on that pipe, it was already not Kurt. So I, I or the actor. So I, I just don't get like what it didn't even look physical at all. They probably just didn't want to risk, you know, hurting their stars and and fucking up their production. Because like at the end of the day, you know, fuck it, leave it to the pros. Like leave it to the guys that it, that's their job. I mean, that's my guess. I'll like, say I, at this. I was invested enough in the fight, the upcoming fight, when I saw him, you know, have that that steel uh, that steel pipe. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. That I actually didn't even notice them switching in and out the normal actors for the stunt actors. Yeah, same. Same for I'm, me. Not, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I know that a lot. And I just, especially for something that was so not physical, this was not really a very physical fight. It was, you know, I just well, most thought they fights aren't them. like Most fights aren't like UFC fights in real life, though. Yeah. I mean, and I was okay with, like, I really wanted them to have a fucking brawl, but it makes sense that they wouldn't because Spock is going to dominate that. It's not going to be a long fight, and it wasn't. Like Kirk does yeah. just not. What did he, what, stand what he a do? Like hit him in the face once, and Kirk went down, and he pretty much just kind of stayed down. Yeah, yeah. Spock's just strong as fuck. Yeah, when you, when you can bend steel, you're gonna have a solid hit. He fucking broke that pipe. He broke it in half. <laughs> just that's where he yeah. fucked up. He gave Kirk two weapons instead of one, and he didn't. And he didn't use either one of them because he got his ass kicked. Sometime, someday we're going to have a a show where we see a proper. A proper fight between Kurt 
the spot. I hope so. I want to see a proper. I want. I want a proper fight. Yeah. So, uh, so we do come back from the break, and Spock has come to his senses, and Kirk kind of jokes about how not every first officer gets to hit his captain several times. And then they decide that uh, they can't make all 500 people on the planet fight each other. And Kirk tells Spock that he has a plan to put together some sort of broadcast system. And they go to do that, but Spock stops him. And he's like, hey, you know, striking a fellow officer is a court-martial offense. And uh, Kirk says, well, if we're both in the brig, who's going to build the transmitter? And Spock finds that reasoning very logical. So they, they go to do that. Which, like, Spock is, like, super down at this point. Like, he's just depressed. Yeah. Well, he gave into his human emotions, so I'm sure he's like, "I don't like that." Yeah. When well, he finally he finally well later on when he says I was happy with it, well like uh he finally found happiness and now it's gone, the sports are gone and I just right I, you feel kind of, you feel you feel you feel some type of way for Spock like you enjoy him, he's strong and other stuff stuff like that but you realize he wants to care he wants to show emotion but he just can't and doesn't right. So we uh we go down to the surface of the planet and McCoy calls Spock for Layla and uh she's like you know real worried about him. He went as he went to my phone calls. He won't get hold of me. Oh, don't yeah. worry, I got him. I, I'll hit him. Yeah. I'll hit him up for I you. Call him right now. He always answers hey, for hey, me. It's been I call, five he always, minutes. Chill. <laughs> answers to me. Hey, bro, what's up? Oh man, a girlfriend. Dude, I've been knowing her call for a reason. Why you want to hit me up on your phone? <laughs> don't <laughs> trying to trick, try trick me into talking to her. <laughs> yeah, I've been knowing her for a reason. But get, just put her on the phone, man. <laughs> now I gotta talk to her. Now I gotta talk to her, and now she gotta come to my house now because you want to give her your phone. Now she knows I'm at home. <laughs> what do you mean? What the fuck is uh? Like I know she's worried about him, but. It's not like she's been sitting there trying to call him because she doesn't have a communicator or anything. So, but like, yeah, it, fucking McCoy comes up and ruins it. Yeah, has it been five minutes? Has it been ten minutes? We don't know how long it's been. Yeah, but uh, but she does get to talk to Spock, and she wants to go to the ship. And Spock offers to beam her and McCoy up onto the ship. And Kirk notices like Spock is just super sad, and uh, he it was this was one of the points where I wish I had English subtitles because. Uh, the way that Kirk said this, I couldn't quite make out what he was saying. And it sounded like he said that he recommends that Spock go and talk to Layla while she's still under the influence of the spores. But I don't know if that's exactly what he, like, it's what it sounded like. He said, like, yeah, you should go talk to her while she's still, you know, all spored up. Which I don't know why he would want to do that, but. Maybe to make her mad, uh, break her under the influence of the spores? Yeah, I couldn't quite figure it out. And then again, like, no English subtitles and I can't read the German, so. Yeah, well, okay, so I, I, it's on my screen. Give me two seconds, because you know I watch while we're doing that. This, uh, all right, hold up. It says, that, okay, yeah, it says, but you should talk to her while she's under the spores, and but it has a question mark at the end. I think he's trying to tell Spock, hey, she's coming up, you can talk to her, but you got to remember she's under the influence uh, of the spores. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Like, like, yeah, like just be careful because you know she's gonna say some shit, and it's the spores talking. Yeah, I think that's what he's trying to say because there's a question mark at the end of it. So it says, okay. why you ta- if you talk to her while she's under the influence of the spores with a question mark. So I'm I'm assuming that means, hey, just remember that that she's under the influence of the spores. So what no matter what she says or does, don't take it as Yeah. That makes see that makes more sense. That's why I wish I had the damn subtitles. But um I don't know why, but like while I was watching this, I just had this random ass thought and I was like, I bet Scotty would be a fuck ton of fun while under the influence of the spores. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's already cool as shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I bet them spores would just make that dude fun as fuck. So 
Like I bet his his, his like episode. peaceful happiness is just like getting fucking loaded and like just having fun, just being crazy. You know what? The funnier thing since Scott since we're branding Scotty as a partier that the sports had no effect on. I'm like, oh yeah, I've done harder stuff than this. Yeah, he's like, I got a tolerance to this shit. He's <laughs> like, you yeah, know the shit I've done uh, around this universe. Like these ain't nothing. Like I'll try to say, uh, we didn't see Scotty this episode at all. No, not at all. All right. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I I thought he would have been good for this episode too. Yeah. So uh, so Spock does go to the transport room and he beams Layla up, but not McCoy. He was supposed to come up and never did. And she notices that he's not with them anymore. Like so, he's not under the influence. And uh, she tries to convince him to go back with her. You know, like hey, let's go do some sports together. And he's like, no, I've, that part of my life is behind me. And, uh, I quit smoking. Yeah, <laughs> that was fifteen minutes. I don't smoke anymore. No like, yeah. I, I went to rehab. You, don't remember, you know, you don't remember. You don't remember, you don't remember smoking, and eating pizza all day. Look, I, I give it up. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to move he's, on. He's clean now. You know, he's trying to better himself. It's, it's been two hours. You sure you don't want to quit, come back already? <laughs> <laughs> you remember the good times? Yeah. So yeah, she confesses her uh, incredibly obvious love for him again, and uh, he talks about his responsibility to the ship and to, to Kirk. And uh, he delivers probably one of the best fucking quotes he's ever had in this series. And he says that uh, if there are self-made purgatories, then everybody has to live in their own and that his can't be any worse than anyone else's. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like, what? Wow. What did, first that of was all, a damn good quote. Some great dialogue, but just a great yeah. fucking scene in general. Like, yep. Nimoy was just fucking amazing in this. In this episode, great, act, great, great acting, great, uh, even, great like, delivery lines, perfect. And even everything. I was like, "Fuck, dude!" Even their score is good for this because they didn't rely on like their normal music. Like they they had some all new pieces, oh. like some really like cello heavy stuff, and uh, just oh. just a really fucking good scene. My only critique about this episode, honestly, without summing it up in a second, is uh, I don't like this actress, and I don't, I don't like the, the this, this actress chick that he had. I, I don't like her voice. I don't like the way she spoke. I, I thought like she was okay. Yeah, I thought she was I, I don't, good. I don't. They do that. They do that thing where you have these like really beautiful women uh, speak soft and like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's just it's a project a, or yeah. product of the time though. Yeah, I find it really annoying though. I find it. I, I just find it. It's not like they got. They had like real. Uh, what's we're looking for? Airy, like really airy voices. Yeah. Like you know, and I just I don't like it. Yeah. Well, it might like, have been off putting if she was like super hyper, like, hi, Spock, I miss you. And, like, <laughs> like jumping all over him. Oh, God. Well, no, it, it was kind of the without getting deep, it was kind of the Marilyn Monroe effect where Marilyn Monroe was like that. And then women, the, she was like the iconic chick. And a lot of people started talking like that and that with that all area stuff right there. I don't like it. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is, you know, 67. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, she uh, she says that she's lost everything, including her spores, and uh, she tells Spock that she does still love him, and then she gives him a hug and says that uh, he never told her if he has another name, and which was a really weird thing to, to bring up, and he just kind of has this little smirk and says that she couldn't pronounce it anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just a great fucking scene. Nimoy was amazing. I really like that, like yep. seeing that side of Spock. Um, yeah. I, I really hope we get more of that, because that was really, really good. So we go to a little bit later, and Kirk and Spock are working on their device. As Spock explains that the people aren't going to hear whatever it is they're working on, but that they will feel it. And then they finish up and they get it turned on. And we go down to the planet where Sulu and Desal are working on a field. And uh, for the next for the next two or three minutes, we get the we get the greatness of fights. Yeah, just we just random random fights and random styles and random fighting. And I think this is actually really cool because every fight seemed seemed a little bit different. You know, you know what. 
sound or I'm going to say song that they played to make everyone ang- angry on that planet, don't you? Probably uh, oh. fucking anything by ACDC, but you're probably going to say uh, Drops of Jupiter by Train. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yep. He said Drops of Jupiter in her hair. <laughs> I know when I hear that song, it makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, these- we can have a, a like a weird like a weird of uh bad fight scene where like R and B or like love music playing in the background. <laughs> that'd be interesting. That'd be that'd be interesting. To- <laughs> that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, if they're playing like White Snake, is this love? That'd be really weird to fight <laughs> too. Yeah. Does it? It goes from like a fight to a makeout session. <laughs> Oh. That took a, that took a turn that I wasn't expecting <laughs> on the show. Yeah. So uh so yeah, they, like like you guys said, they're just they're working in the field, you know, they hear the thing, they start an argu- argument because like Sulu bumped into DeSalle or something, and then they, they have a fight and then a bunch of other fights start. And uh McCoy is just like chilling by this tree and Sandoval approaches him and he's like, you know, I've been thinking about what uh what work to have you do since we don't really need a doctor anymore. And uh, McCoy gets in his face and he's like, would you like to see just how fast I can put you in a hospital? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, don't need a doctor. Like, motherfucker, you need a whole hospital here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep running him out. See what happens. I, I, I like mean bones sometimes. Yeah, that was, he's that like, was I'll solid. Beat, I'll beat you up. I'll break your bones and I'll put you back together. I'll yeah, beat you up again. Oh, you think it's a game? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that was solid. I love, I love that version of McCoy. You know they call me Bones. He's like, not because I fix them, but because I fucking break them. <laughs> not because I break them first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, I got to quit. I'm gonna go on forever. Oh man. So, uh, so yeah, Sandoval's like, I don't want no part of this, and he tries to leave, and McCoy stops him. So they have a quick fight where McCoy wins and literally just one punch, just fucking punches Sandoval yeah. in the gut. He said, I'll hold my drink. No, I got it myself. In one hand, you got to, if you got got a drink in one hand and beat you up with the other hand only, you need to go, you need to sit down. Like he's, he's holding the drink. He didn't spill it. And he just, and he just smacked you once. You're like, yeah, I I quit. I'm good. Yep. What a, what a total badass. I love McCoy. Yeah, for real. It looks really cool. So after he like knocks him down with one punch, he apologizes. He's like, I don't know why I did that. And then Sandoval comes to and he realizes that uh, he and his people have accomplished absolutely nothing in the three years that they've been there. And uh, McCoy is like, look, we got to leave because you guys, you can't survive here with the spores. And uh, Sandoval's like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Can you call Kirk for me? So they do that. And uh, Sandoval agrees to cooperate with uh, the move to Starbase 27 and until Kirk tells him to just like start preparing, like we're going to get you guys out of here. And then we go to a little bit later on the bridge. So everything's been wrapped up and McCoy tells Kirk that the colonists are still in perfect health. Thanks to the spores, which makes me wonder if they could use those spores to maybe somehow harness their healing factor and not have the crazy, like, uh, you know, mental side effects Flesh of it. eating material. Well, that was just, be- that was just because that's of the, of the my, virtual um, rays. That's kind of part of my ending, uh, argument at the end of the thing i wrote down they abandon a lot of uh really good or potentially useful science in this show you're all yeah like in this yeah. show they just leave a lot of good that, shit behind that's that's part of my rants part of my rant at the end of the thing so too okay so about that but so yeah they they leave the planet and uh kirk is like well maybe man wasn't meant for paradise but you know maybe we're meant to to struggle all the time and earn what we have and uh he kind of goes on this like little poetic rant about it and spock is like hey your poetry is non-regulation. 
And Kirk is like, well, we haven't heard too much from you about the planet. And Spock says that he doesn't have very much to say, except that for the first time in his life, he was happy. And then uh, that's it. And they just, they go away. Which was amazing. What, what an amazing final line. Yeah. Because it sums up, you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of forget that he's, like, he struggles, he had to struggle through life so hard because he's half human and half Vulcan. I wonder, so he has to really. I wonder if that'll help him understand humans in the future, but more likely they'll just never reference it again. <laughs> well, you got to remember, since, if he's a, since he was a group at Vulcan, even as half human, he still learned the Vulcan way. Right. So, so like, I, I don't know if Vulcan's. Uh, I, I don't know if the human side of him has more emotions or not. I'm not sure how it works. I'm always curious. Well, about... I think uh, in the past he said that he repressed his human emotions, like to basically yeah. be like Vulcans. So like they're in there, but yeah, so. well, the, actually, I think all of Vulcans repress their emotions and and they like really strive for the logical side. So they have them in there. They just bury them. Yeah. Okay. That's really a really really good really good line. Yeah. Man, he's so good in this episode. Yeah. If you want to go ahead with your uh, your thoughts on this one, Paul. Oh, I'm first. Okay. Well, uh, this is another thing where, you know, Kurt goes and tries to ruin people's lives for no, just because he don't like the way they're living, living that good life. You know, let's say they were smoking some of that uh, herbal essence, having a good life, you know, with their, <laughs> on that planet. And even herbal essence was even letting them live longer and live healthy without diseases and curing them up, whatever. And still Kurt and the crew is like, ah, oh, nah, y'all gotta leave this place. I know you're having fun, living a good life, but, you know, let's get out of here. Uh also, I also noticed that once again, we have another planet that has really cool science that Brandon mentioned earlier that we don't try to harness or try to get a part two or come up. Uh, I thought the idea like sending people to the planet, have them go there, get the spores, get healed up. And then eventually you have a process where you get the, go have somebody go in there and get them and bring them back oh, yeah. and healed up from whatever kind of disease they have. Just put them in a chamber with a plant and then they come out with spores on them. And then now that they have like the healing, you slap the fuck out of them to make them mad. And they just get to whatever stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I, I thought that would be like it's 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 simple. It's, I mean, it's pretty simple. I'm assuming that you put them in pain or something like that, and if they're in pain, they just wake out of it or whatever, and they just got healed for free. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool science in uh, these shows that I don't know. I just feel like they don't ever call back to or try to use for good, or, or unless there's a science department we just don't know about that that does this, like like Sulu, that does it in all these planets. But I'm not, we we don't seem to uh, see that. Overall, episode was a uh, let's see if that's outstanding and amazing and godlike. This is all in that area. This episode was amazing because Leonard Nimoy was so good in it. Like everything he did was good. And I just I enjoyed the episode. Just not that actress. I just I don't like the airy voice. I didn't like the way I I don't like the way they I don't know they filmed some of the beautiful women the way they talk. I just I don't like that part of it. But everything else, the Zoom was the episode was pretty uh, freaking amazing. All right, uh, Dan, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, overall, I enjoyed this episode. Um, the The writing in this show is just amazing. I think I I kind of have to agree with Kirk's philosophy on you know man is kind of meant to struggle and climb up the ranks, and we're not really meant for paradise. Uh, I have to kind of disagree with Paul on the on the notion that Kirk had to go in there and fuck it up again because he had to save his crew. They were all under the influence. And even after they broke, when he eventually broke the influence, everyone's like, oh yeah, uh, besides Spock, that was pretty bad. Like we haven't done anything. So, so overall, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was good writing. Uh, 
yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, Kirk did go there and kind of fuck up their paradise for them, but he he didn't do this one because he wanted to. He just did this one because he was ordered to. So I'm like I'm more okay with it than I than I was with the last one. But uh, this is this is my favorite episode I think so far of the entire season. Um, well, my favorite like kind of goofy one. Like I have my favorite serious one, which was the one with the the Romulans. I really really enjoyed that. And uh, actually, there were a couple of Corbomite maneuver I really enjoyed, but like this is my favorite, like not serious kind of goofy one. Even though it started out kind of seriously as like this, you know, there's this kind of not abandoned, but like what the fuck happened to these people? Like we get down there and you know nobody's there, like we're looking for them, and then they show up and they're fine, and then there's a whole mystery. Anyway, yeah, it was like goofy, but there was also some really good serious writing, and I am gonna say that this is my favorite uh, episode so far of the of the series. And uh, I have no complaints about it. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's it. Anything else for you guys, Dad? Uh, no, I'm good. Hopefully we get some more goofy spot, because that was very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed Leonard Nimoy this entire episode. Like, I've, I've liked him this entire series, but this this episode was really, really... It, it let him show off his range a little bit more. Right. Yeah, because he showed a lot of emotion without showing emotions. Yeah, <laughs> like like the motion he showed while not showing emotions are, are like it was so cool that uh, this, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So Dan, what's our next episode? Uh, I don't know. You're gonna that's, have to tell me. That's because, that's, because <laughs> that's, that's not how this works. Is how, he said he's not working for that. He was ask Paul. Yeah, I've been waiting all week for uh, that. Next Put episode. me on the spot. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> The next episode is of The Devil in the Dark, and it says uh, an unknown monster threatens a mining operation. So I'm assuming we go to planet, a mining planet and find, fight some bad guy. Bets on it just being like a humanoid creature? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. With a, with, a very, with a very terrible prop. Yeah, or like a bad suit. Gotta, yep, that'll be terrible. But it'll be awesome because it's, it's, this show is awesome. Yep. So, yeah, season one, episode 25, The Devil in the Dark. Uh, as always, we're on Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, gmail, WWSTpod at gmail.com. And uh, we're everywhere you can find podcasts and some places that you can't. And I'm not going to tell you where those are. You just got to find them. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we hope you guys have uh, enjoyed running through this series with us. We only got a few more left before we're at the end of the season. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Be well. Later. Hit him with the fucking be well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>